Welcome to 321 iRelaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO and co founder of iRelaunch, and your host. Today, we welcome Ms. Bas Schich. Ms. Bas spoke on our successful relaunchers panel at our recent virtual iRelaunch Return to Work conference. Ms. Bas, a Salesforce enthusiast with an engineering background took an extended break after the birth of her twins in 2009, a story in itself. During a career break that was for childcare as well as elder care, Ms. Bach continued to be an active learner, completing a variety of certificate programs. We will find out exactly what certificate programs she pursued, how she managed to do the work with all of her caregiving responsibilities, and how the certificates ultimately led to her relaunch role. This is a story of perseverance and grit, and we have a lot to learn from MISPA. MISPA, welcome to 321 iRelaunch. Thanks, Carol. It's an honor to be here. Well, we have so many questions for you, and thank you so much for for sharing your story with us. Uh, So we first heard about your relaunch story when your husband tagged you in a LinkedIn post by fellow relauncher Lucy Chang Evans, who was also a speaker on the panel you were on at our conference. And Lucy was describing her experience um, on the 321 I Relaunch podcast. Uh, you have your own very compelling relaunch story. And I want to know if you can start by sharing some of that story, the career path that led up to your career break, and then what made you decide to take your career break. So um, as you uh yeah, mentioned that uh, I started as an electrical engineer. I did my engineering back in Pakistan in year 2000. Uh, right after my graduation, I joined Siemens Pakistan as a trainee engineer. I made my way up to a senior electrical engineer, design engineer there. Um, worked there for like five years until 2005. I met my husband and um, I was also pursuing my uh, MBA at that time. Uh, but things so happened that my husband was in the United States and then I had to make a decision to move here with him. I had to leave my degree incomplete and um, also, of course, leave my job mm-hmm. and came to United States to just start a new life here. Um, it was... Uh, in the beginning, of course, you know, when you come on a dependent visa, you're not authorized to work here. Uh, so it took like around, uh, I would say, two years uh, to get the employment authorization. Mm-hmm. But it just so happened that um, I got my employment authorization. I started working here again. Luckily, I got an opportunity very soon uh, for the same kind of work that I used to do in Pakistan. It's just that I got pregnant at that time and I came to know that I'm pregnant with twins. Um, I still wanted to continue at that time and I was making plans that, okay, how are we going to manage the daycare and everything and all those things? Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes God has different plans for you. So um, we, um, I ended up delivering my kids in just four and a half months. They were severely premature. One of then was probably 1,000 grams. The other one was nine, 900 grams. So like less than two pounds each. Mm. Um, and also I contracted swine flu. So I was put into wow. forced, uh medically induced coma for like two and a half months. 
needless to say, when I woke up, the kids were already there, which I did not believe that. Wow. Okay, <laughs> I, can't, I just am thinking about that moment for you. Yes. So like I was made to go to sleep while pregnant. And when I woke up, there were two kids. And of course, I mean, I had no strength at that time. I was, um, I was on a ventilator as well uh, for that period. So um, when I woke up, like when I came home, um, I had no strength. It was like a lot of physical therapy. Um, it was just that doing simple things were also difficult because of being in forced coma for so long. Um, that includes the motor skills and everything. And then, of course, uh, we had to take care of our kids as well. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, like there was no question going back to work. And also, honestly, I did not even want to go back at that time. I was so scared of... Uh, leaving kids because those those kids were so precious we got it after so much struggle during all that time uh, while i started you know working as well i i we were trying me and my husband were trying we were not just able to get pregnant for two and a half years mm-hmm. it's just that when i got distracted with work i got pregnant so <laughs> so but yeah but then i had those two precious lives in my hands so i right. just wanted be with them. I mean, there was no desire, honestly, at that moment to go back. Uh, And then, of course, we were scared, like, okay, what if something might happen to them? Or, you know, they were so little, they were so fragile. And uh, time started passing in probably, I would say in three years time, my mom was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer. I had to rush to Pakistan, but of course, with my twins, they were just three years old at that time. Hmm. I stayed there for six months. Uh, and then even after I came back and, you know, she was going through her treatment and everything, um, I had to be mindful that I may have to go to Pakistan at any point, right? Any time I might receive any news or anything, and I might have to rush. Um, and... But things did start getting better. It was just that uh, my parents then, I had them apply for a visa and they started living with me. Uh, Then, of course, then I had kids, plus I had my parents to take care of. And at that point, although me and my husband would discuss sometimes that uh, he would uh, honestly say that you have been wasting time. We have a Siemens office in Dallas which was quite close to our house. And whenever we will pass by, he would say, why don't you apply here? You know, you have, there's a Siemens right there. So close. Mm -hmm. But leaving the house and going out, leaving kids and parents at home was kind of out of question at that time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that did not work either. Uh, Now uh, it's just that things started changing. We had more, more remote work. Uh, options available but yeah the kind of the work I used to do in Siemens there was no remote work possible so so yeah that's how um, what led me to come back was probably the options of remote work that started coming up that's where I actually started thinking that okay now this is something that's possible and I can do that Wow. All right. So let me just recap um, really quite an unbelievable story um, so infertility issues for a couple of years. Um, then you 
you were in this medically induced coma. You had two premature uh, twins. You had to get them to a point where they were fully healthy. And then once you were on that career break, break, you had an elder care issue with your mom in Pakistan when you were in the United States. So uh, a very complex situation there. And that turned into a long career break. Um, how many years were you on career break? I would say around nine to 10 years. Um, you know, strictly speaking, when I talk about the career, career break, it was just that since you do have an urge to do things, so I kept on doing things here and there. Like, for example, joining a course to learn Arabic. I have a thing for Arabic. I really like the language. So mm-hmm. I joined uh, that, a nonprofit institute where I learned Arabic for, uh, for nine months. And then they gave me an opportunity to do some work. Like that was a not, a, not even a part-time. It was a as-needed basis work that I would sometimes do for, for them. Um, that would include publication admin slash marketing coordinator slash CRM administrator. So, you know, that kind of stuff. Since I knew IT, I knew technology, so I could have helped. So that's what I did, but I would not really include that. You know, that wasn't really my start, but Mm -hmm. that was something that I did. Another thing that I did was that um, I helped... uh, uh, somebody list do some listings on Amazon because that's something that I learned just on the fly. So, okay, I said, mm-hmm. okay, I can help with that. So these kind of things I did in between, but if you really talk about the, the strictly going back to work, uh, to going back to work, it happened um, like after a nine to 10 years gap. Yeah. Uh, well, that quite a lot going on um, during your career break. What I'm hearing though is I'm hearing a person who is a constant learner. I, I, I'm hearing you talk about, I was, I want to learn Arabic. I learned how to do listings on Amazon. Once you um, were taking Arabic in that nonprofit, they must have gotten to know you to the point where they knew that you had certain abilities on the technical side that you could help them. Uh, so uh, just being in that position of, of being a naturally curious person and a, a constant learner is a great mindset for a relauncher to have, even if the relaunch is in the future. So I want to um, switch now to the point where you started to um, think about seriously relaunching. And when you were thinking about that, um, you you did some coursework. And I, I wanted to talk very specifically about the courses that you took. And how did this all fall into place? Did you take the course first and then later that made you think about relaunching? Or did you think, okay, it's time to get serious and then start taking the courses? I would say partly both. Mm-hmm. I was exploring. Sometimes I would explore something and discuss with my husband. Uh, I remember once he came home and he said, okay, there is a course about Azure uh, and I'm joining that. And I'm like, I'll join with you too. And, <laughs> but then right. like two weeks into that, I'm like, okay, this is something that I really don't have a base into. I mean, you can't really learn from F, G, and H, unless you know the A, B, C, D. Mm. So it was something, so I had to discontinue. I'm like, no, this is not something that I can do. So I did, you know, it was kind of a partially serious effort that I made. 
And um, but then it kind of happened um, that my husband attended a seminar and he went to attend that seminar because his friend was doing that seminar and he just went went there out of support. When he came back, he just forwarded the slide deck to me that was about Salesforce. And um, he just forwarded it to me and, I, hey, it's not for me. So why don't you look at it if you like it? Hmm. And I'm like, okay. And that night I created an account, which is uh, for, you know, Salesforce learning platform, which is called Trailhead. And I said, let me try. And um, I was probably very impressed by the way they have provided the platform for self-learners and uh, I just started and as you, you know, I have this uh, thing to keep learning. So yeah, so it really interests me. And after that, I'm like, okay, I, this is something that I can do. And this is something that I developed interest in. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the, the relaunching discussion did not come up at that time because I still thought, okay, I still need to stay home. I cannot go out. Mm-hmm. But then we were told, okay, this is something that you can work from home as well. And um, at that time, since it was something very new for me, I only thought about going back to work like part-time, not full-time. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I was told that, no, there are there will be opportunities of going part-time as well. So that made me even more interested. So I started studying the Salesforce uh, admin side of it. Uh, once I learned, you know, considerable amount of it, uh, substantial amount, then I thought, okay, I've learned enough. Why not? Let's get certified as a Salesforce mm. admin. Um, I did my first certification, and then my husband talked to his friend uh, that, okay, my wife got interested in this, and he was very helpful. He had his own company set up. But then he said, okay, here's the thing. She needs to do at least this much so mm-hmm. I can uh, help her get, um, you know, something part-time. Nisma, hold on a second. I just want to recap for a minute to, to understand your thought process here. So um, it so you try to take this as your class w- with your husband. You realize it's too advanced. You have to learn something. So when that happened, did you feel an intimidation or did you just feel like it was very matter of fact? It's like, Oh, you know what? This is too advanced. There are things I have to do um, before I can do this. Was that discouraging to you at all? Or was it just like um, a factual thing that you had to address? Hmm. Yeah. I think being from engineering background, I, I had this thing that if I try, I can do it, but it's just that, um, yes, I had to go back to level zero to to start. I mean, there was a lot to do. So yes, that was kind of intimidating. But then um, I do think that there's always something for somebody to do. Mm -hmm. Like for example, if this is something advanced for me and it may or may not be advanced, it's just that something that I find interesting, but others may not find the same thing interesting. Or this is something that I, honestly, I I found that boring as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was something that would keep my interest alive. So right. I just knew networking was kind of dry, in my opinion. But apologies to all the networking <laughs> folks out there. But right. yeah, I found it kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Salesforce was not boring for me. 
again. I found it interesting and I found it something that was logical and my logical brain really accepted that and it was just making sense to me. Um, and I think everybody has their own niche, their own way their brains work and something that can interest them and something that makes and for some people art may make sense for some people technology makes sense so I think it's different for different people and when you started with the Salesforce is is it obvious when you get into trailhead that that where the starting point is and then once you were at in that very first course what do they sort of onboard you into that gradually so you learn about it without feeling you can assess whether you're interested in it without worrying about the intimidation factor or what happens at the beginning of the course yes so for people like me who have been like self-starters before salesforce is something that does provide a very good platform where you can actually you know where to start from i mean they do give you um a starting point you can say that and then they have if you start digging deep uh investigating more you'll find out okay this is how i can this is the path i can follow so i can give you an example like if you want to become an admin certified um uh, salesforce professional they have set up an entire set of modules that they call trail mix and if you complete that trail mix, you'll be uh, quite close to become a certified professional. Of course, there's more um, uh, things that you have to do, like prepare for the exam and everything that's separate, but at least they'll give you a base. So yes, um, what makes Salesforce different from other technologies is that they give you a platform to, uh, to learn and this is all free of cost. You really don't have to pay anything for that except for your for your examination. And um, another thing good about Salesforce is their community. Uh, they have very strong community and uh, you'll find people who can help you. If you have a question in mind, somebody might have already asked that question. All you have to go to to go and do some search and find the answers. Uh, so I think these two things really impressed me about Salesforce. And um, apart from the fact that I found it interesting. And is that community how you found out that there are remote roles and part-time roles or do you find that out from somewhere else? Yes, I think so basically found out from my husband's friend for the first for the first part, the, the seminar that he did, mm -hmm. that was where I got the introduction. I never heard of the name Salesforce before, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I did not know that this thing exists. So, so yeah. Um, but that was the first thing that, but uh, the community helped mostly for more tech related questions. I see. And, uh, so whenever you're stuck somewhere, you can ask somebody or that question may have been already asked. So, so th that's something really helped. You know, I just want to acknowledge your husband here because um, he's the one who tagged you in the first place, um, Lucy Chang Evans story. And that's how we ultimately connected with you. And I hear um, at different points of the story that 
he t- he had this course and he came home and said, hey, you should take a look at this. So obviously he's your biggest fan and uh, and is a very enthusiastic partner. Yes. And I must say that he has been not only supporting me all along, uh, he has been, you know, uh, valuing me a lot, like mm-hmm. thinking highly of me that I can do it. And not just saying, actually believing in that, that like he would sometimes say, I'm not sure if he jokes or what that. Uh, among both of us, you are the more intelligent one. So yeah, he keeps on saying that. I don't know how much he believes that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, I think that that's also a a big factor, and it's a blessing to have a companion that supports and is you know part of your journey all along. Right. Well, mm-hmm. I I I totally agree, and uh, it sounds like he also had a role in building your confidence or keeping it at a certain level uh, along the way, uh, especially because you're doing a lot from home and you're doing a lot uh, of this coursework on your own. Uh, so I just kudos to him. That's really great. Um, all right. So I want to um, ask you a little bit more uh, about uh, Salesforce. So you took some course, course, you took more courses, you realize there's a pathway to certification. Um, you're, so you're taking a series of, of courses. How long did it take you to get through them? Did you end up, you know, you, you have you have all these responsibilities at home. Did you end up doing this like from midnight until four o'clock in the morning? Or like, when did you have the time to really focus on it? Honestly, any time that I would find in the middle of things. So that's, again, I would quote my husband that he would say that he would really appreciate how we can switch, you know, our brains. Mm-hmm. There will be one time that you have to take care of something kid-related and the other time you have to look at something home-related and the other, other you know, flip of a second, you go and start working on your you know, studies. So that happened a lot. So anytime that I find in the middle, and honestly, the thing that I could have given away was my entertainment time. Mm -hmm. That's, that was replaced by my studies, right? Whether It is after the kids go to bed, whether it's somewhere in the middle of the afternoon where, you know, it's quiet and everybody is settled um, and all the work is done. So it could be any half an hour in the middle, one hour at night, something like that. And it took, I would say, about three to four months to prepare for my first certification. That was the Salesforce admin certification. Mm-hmm. I passed that. Um, then I started preparing for the second one right away. Um, once uh, I was done with the second one, then... Um, I approached my husband's friend, uh, Kashi, again. So yeah, that's how this happened. So Kashi was was a mentor to you in, in a number of ways, giving you guidance and, and feedback. Uh, and then at what point did you start to change your thinking that maybe this was going to be an entree to actually returning to work, but returning to work on your terms, um, at, you know, remotely or, or and with the schedule you wanted? When did you sort of get to that point? Yeah, I think when I was preparing for my admin certification, by that time, I had that idea that how admin jobs work and they do have a a 
of course, I wasn't in contact with Kashi as well. So uh, he was given, giving me ideas about that this is possible to work project-based, uh, part-time. But again, I did not have experience at that time. But yeah, once I was almost really close for, with my admin certification, I became very serious about, okay, mm-hmm. this is what I want to do. That's mm-hmm. it. I found my path. And, uh, but then um, Kashi did offer me that if I do at least two certifications, he can have me come over to his, um, uh, I mean, join his company. Uh, but it was not something that, you know, he just offered me. I, I was interviewed for that position. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to present to the panel and only after that he had he hired me as a part time of course because you know that that's what um, I wanted to do that worked for me as well and that worked for his company as well uh, so we um, uh, so I got interviewed with him and started working for his company um, and with that I wanted to continue to study so the part time work did work well and of course I wanted to test the waters as well that okay, okay. how does it how will it sound like, you know, uh, with, will I be able to manage something? You know, I, unless I do it, I will not know. So things had to work around a lot of things, when to do what, you know, created, creating schedules at home, uh, knowing when to do what, what are my tasks, what are kids. The, the good thing was that my kids had also grown up, so they could have done a lot of their personal stuff themselves as well, like even for example, making their own breakfast, for example. So mm-hmm. so that helped as well. Uh, yeah, with my parents, taking them to their doctor's appointment, making sure that, you know, things are taken care of. That was something that was still ongoing. Um, but the, what happened was that we were right in the middle of the COVID year and things started shutting down at that very time when I was working with Kashi's company. So, so yeah, that became another challenge, which, which probably we can talk about, that that made my relaunch kind of difficult mm-hmm. uh, because when I was starting to learn Salesforce, I was under the impression that there are just so many Salesforce jobs out there, you know, you yeah. just, you know, it'll be lying in front of your door. <laughs> that didn't right. really happen. Like the bubble was burst mm-hmm. and... Um, after I was, uh, you know, I was working with Kashi, but uh, now since I want some more of a serious um, uh, assignment or role, that wasn't really happening. It was, mm-hmm. uh, I applied to a lot of jobs, and um, but what I used to hear was people were actually losing jobs at that time. So it took some months, but then I used that time to do more certifications. I did um, three more Salesforce certifications, and <clears throat> but then again, I had a few interviews scheduled. But they would uh, they would know that all experience I have is a part time job uh, as an admin. So they would say, "Oh, you don't have experience." Mm. Uh, so that was a challenge. And to be honest, yes, um, I still did not have. I left corporate world like nine years ago, so I did not have that kind of an experience um, so it it was a challenge uh, in the beginning uh, to find something that was uh, 
more meaningful. And how did that actually happen? How did you end up with a full-time offer? So, uh, yeah, I applied to a lot of places, but again, um, I hardly had one or two interviews scheduled, honestly. Mm -hmm. We're not even calling back. And I kind of understood that applying just it's just going into black hole the resumes are not even being read or something so people are really not impressed i worked on a lot of things my linkedin profile my resume made a lot of connections on linkedin i mean of course i cannot pinpoint that okay this translated into this but Mm -hmm. all these things do help like you know your resume your cover letter these things do help your linkedin connections you know what's going on so here I applied for a job in Teradata, and that was something that was below my, uh, I would say, my qualifications. They needed somebody who could create reports and dashboards. And I said, okay, I can apply to that. I had a one panel interview and that's it. They needed somebody for just two months at that time. And I'm like, okay. At least I'll get into get something, mm-hmm. and like get your yeah. foot in the door. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I joined Teradata, mm-hmm. and uh, at that time they told me, okay, we will extend that contract for three more months. But again, it's COVID year, and we don't have a budget, so we cannot hire somebody full time. And I'm like, okay. So honestly, it was something which was uh, I was overqualified for, but I think I'll. I think it was a blessing because I learned a lot of things that were kind of not even tangible. It was my exposure to corporate after 19 years changed. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot of soft skills and there I found another mentor. Uh, Her name is Kritika and she was so awesome that there was somebody that I could just ask, okay, that, okay, I'm new to this. Can you please tell me that? So she was extremely helpful. And I think these three people, my husband, uh, Kashi and Kritika, I would give so much credit to these three people that helped me all along. Um, So yeah, so my uh, project with Teradita continued for uh, six months. So the two-month contract that was extended Mm -hmm. to three more months and then one more month. But again, they did not have a lot of budget. But then I was in a very, very good position after that to, um, you know, to now I was just ready for, you know, my next assignment. Right. And I would like to mention here is that um, a lot of things that came up which I thought that, okay, I know Salesforce, but there are a lot of other things that I may not know. And I only came to know when I was, you know, silently uh, listening to calls at Teradata or I was, you know, part of uh, meetings or, you know, listening, uh, reading different emails that I was part of. So there were so many different uh, skills that I thought that I still don't know because, of course, I had a gap. Um then I started working on that. I mean, I don't really feel ashamed in saying that. I heard the word agile for the first time. I never heard the word agile before. But the first time somebody said that, okay, you, we just added to the stand-up meeting. I'm like, what is stand-up? I don't know what is stand-up. So, right. so, yeah. 
I remember when I heard those terms for yes. the first time so, myself. I did not uh, know that. So then I said, okay, I should learn these things. And so much so that after, right after my uh, contract expired with Teradata, I started learning for a Scrum Master certification. I became a Scrum Master certified. I became a product owner certified. And I even joined a, a certificate course for um, uh, uh, product management in Cornell University. So I did all these things. And after that, yeah, now here I am working for another uh, Salesforce consultant company. That was kind of something that I always wanted to do. When I started Salesforce, that was something that I want to be, a Salesforce consultant. And um, even when after my Teradata uh, assignment was over, my contract ended, and I started applying, at that very moment, Honestly, I this time I did not apply to a lot of jobs. You mean you were more tar- you were more targeted. Honestly, I was getting point. calls from people. People would approach me other than I approaching people. Like I would still if if you could check my mailbox today, I'm not even looking. I turned off each and every um, platform where you know you search for jobs and I still get a lot of emails every single day. Do you think that's because you have your Salesforce uh, credentials on your LinkedIn profile? And so companies are screening for that and they see that and that that starts, I see. So those credentials are very valuable. Yes. So I have like, you know, business analyst certification. I have scrum master and product owner certifications. And then I have experience as Salesforce consultant as well. So all these things added up. And now I see that the companies have more of a proactive approach for hiring people. So you really have to have yourself uh, marketable. Like you should present yourself in a way that you don't have to really go approach companies. Companies will come and approach you. So that's what happened this time. And um, I got I got a lot of calls. A lot of interviews got scheduled. Um, at one point, I mean, I was in a final round for like four companies, and wow, that's incredible. So I was I I had to decline one of the offers just because it just came too soon, and I was waiting for three other companies to come through. So I just took a leap of faith and I said, no, I want to wait for the other three because. I did not want to tell them that, you know, that was not my number one choice because I wanted to be a consultant. Uh, but yeah, that then I took a leap of faith and I declined that offer. And then two more offers came through. Um, and then I took the one that I was really interested in. Um, so yeah, that's how this happened. Wow. Oh, so I just want to highlight for our audience um, that this was a very gradual process and happened over a long period of time and happened in a series of steps. So yes, while Mispa ultimately was in a situation where she had multiple offers, that was because of all these steps that that you took along the way. And that's what I even talked during the panel as well. One thing that I noticed throughout and people who approach me a lot and ask, you know, okay, how you did that or, you know, asking for guidance, they are really, they just want things now, you know, and that does not really happen. So I keep on telling them that, okay, I have to burst this bubble, that this is not going to happen, that you can't just 
I mean, people would ask point blank, okay, how many months did it take for you to do this certification and then get a job? So I'm like, yes, uh, you can uh-huh. do the certification in three months, but you're not going to get a job the next day. That's not going to happen. You really have mm-hmm. to be persistent. Mm-hmm. And um, if things are not working out the way you expect them to work, then use that time to as an opportunity. Take it as an opportunity instead of, and it's not that I did not have those low moments. I did. I mean, there were times when I would just tell my husband, I'm not getting any calls. Like I applied like 50 today and nothing happened. So, so yeah, these things do happen. And, but I keep telling people that don't look for things to happen quickly. Magic does not happen. It does not happen that way. So such important messaging. And actually that brings us um, to the uh, art. We're running out of time here. And I have this final question that we ask all of our podcast guests. And that is, what is your best piece of advice for a relauncher audience, even if it's something we already talked about today? So I'm wondering, is it that same theme or, or is there anything else that you were thinking about? Yeah, I think I did say that. I don't know how many times, even when I talk to people personally, I keep telling this, repeated this over and over again, that don't look for shortcuts. So yeah, this is one thing. But other thing I would say is build your network, I guess, and find people who you can succeed with together, maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like I had my husband, I had my mentors with me. So yeah, so you really have to have uh, a community, either it's a community or it's just maybe one person, a friend or is somebody that you can together, you can share the failure and success with, I guess. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I did find a lot of other people along the way. I think Salesforce is uh, very good in that. They call, they proudly call it Salesforce Ohana, which means a family. So, right. so yeah. the Hawaii is a Hawaiian reference, right? Yes. Yeah. So that, so that's something Salesforce is very big on. And yeah, that's something I like. And for people like me who are not that extrovert, they don't go out and make, you know, connections. Even I can give this advice for people like me as well. Like, okay, even if you have a small network uh, to, uh, you know, to grow together, So that really helps. That's excellent advice and very consistent with um, our advice of saying, find a relaunch buddy or, or a relaunch circle, a group of people. And uh, it also helps you with your momentum. It helps you keep pace and not, you know, sometimes you do this on your own and you get hung up with something and three weeks go by and you didn't make any progress. So it's almost like the, they're an accountability partner as well as a source of encouragement or a, um, a sounding board. So I love that that you ended with that advice. Ms. Fat, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Pleasure is all mine. And thanks for listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the CEO and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host. For more information on I Relaunch conferences and events, to sign up for our job board and access our return to work tools and resources, go to irelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on Apple Podcasts and your favorite podcast platform, and be sure to share this podcast with a friend. 
on Facebook, Instagram, and other social media. Thanks for joining us.